This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, so you don't have to worry about monthly hosting fees. It has built-in creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or you can record and edit using your favorite audio recording software and upload it straight to Anchor. Anchor will also distribute your podcast, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Pocket Casts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and Anchor will even match you with advertisers as your audience grows. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, Anchor is a pretty great place to start. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H. OR.FM to get started. Yes, Classic Mario is a gay ally. listening to two weaves in a trench coat i'm suzanne and i'm madison and uh depending on when this episode comes out it's been a while it's been a while i mean not that it matters to y'all because we also oh it will (laughs) i mean (laughs) we also have recorded like we did record so so many episodes in advance that it doesn't truly matter but like we haven't sat down and recorded new material for almost two and a half months uh, due, yep. due to various work and life related things. <laughs> yep. Which is crazy uh, to think about. Also, uh, none of you will hear it, but we were supposed to start recording like an hour ago. Oh, f- um, and we were just talking <laughs> the whole time. So. Oh, fuck. We did catch up for like. 45 minutes, 50 minutes, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah, we usually record at like 7 and it's already almost 8. Oops. Oh, it's like 10 for me, so it's like oh, almost Oh yeah, 11. right, because we're different time zones, In Different time baby. zones. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, incredible. But hi, welcome, welcome <laughs> back. Apologies for... The fugue state of the Death Note trilogy. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen again with another series very soon. But welcome back. What, what are yeah. you going to learn me today? What am I learning today? So, I... When did I start writing these notes? It doesn't matter. One of the many topics on the list was just... Like, when we we started making a list of like future podcast topics. One was just called the state of gays in anime. Um, like the state of the union, but the state of gays. Yeah. Um, that was very presumptuous of me, but anyway, um, no, no, no. I think it's valid. (laughs) Uh, but basically I wanted to talk about, and I eventually want to do an episode about Yaoi and BL specifically, but I wanted to look at, actual queer culture in Japan because I feel like people see yaoi and conflate it with queer culture 
Yeah. And it's kind of like its own separate thing. Like, there are definitely queer fans of Yaoi and Boys Love, but it's not the same thing. It's kind of like equating Glee with gay culture in the US. (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten. Y'all can't see it, but Madison made like a throw up face, and yeah. I had forgotten. I, yeah, liked, I liked the first season. Jesus Christ. Oh, a lot of people did. Ha. Because it was, what year was it? Like 2004 and we, all we got was crumbs. I don't think it came out in 2004. I was at least in middle school. Oh, okay. So it's probably. Six. 2006, I think. First episode. We do have the power of the 2009. internet. 2009. can look it up. 2009? Yep. My sister wasn't even born yet. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I was still in She's middle in school. She's in middle school, school now. Like, that, was the, <laughs> that was the transitionary period from middle to high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. It's also the transitionary period between being able to say the F slur on TV and it being not acceptable anymore. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that sure was a time who like it was so bad that like glee was progressive <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like i literally cannot think of anything else during the same time that was like progressive except maybe like the original queer eye for straight guy for straight guys but like i think that's it genuinely yeah we're pretty like, starved for gay content. We had nothing. And what we had was usually uh, barrier, barrier gays. Mm-hmm. That was primarily what it was. Oh my god. But in comparison, tell me about mm-hmm. queer Japanese culture. Okay, so I'm not gonna pretend to be an expert on this. Yeah. For multiple reasons that should be obvious. Yeah, I mean... Um, Obviously, keep in mind, like, we have said this, like, since we started the podcast, no matter what aspect of manga or Japanese culture we're talking about, we are approaching it from an unfortunately Western perspective, because that's what we have grown up in and has shaped our perspectives and Mm -hmm. life experience. Yeah. And also, I can't read the Japanese required to parse any of this, so... (laughs) Fair enough. I know that you can read more than me. So. Yeah, I can read at like a first grade level. So I'm doing great. But let's see. So basically my parameters for this are that I'm not going to exclusively talk about Yaoi or BL, which is boys love. Um, Mm -hmm. Those do deal with queer topics, but mostly they focus on romance and it's mostly for the benefit of fans looking for romantic or erotic content rather than specifically lgbtq life experience etc stuff like that yeah um and it's and a lot of go ahead i was gonna bring up the like it's usually some sort of straight people fetishizing us so yeah i mean there have there have been um like gay men and women who contribute to BL magazines and have published content in them. But But I think, especially in the West, it's seen as, like, 
erotica for straight women. Yeah, like... Which... Yeah. Which, like, I think the yaoi fan base is a lot more diverse than people think it is. And I think it's gotten a bad rap from, like, very loud... Uh... (laughs) Like, a very loud minority of fans who think that, like, shipping two guys in their middle school classroom is, like, cool to do. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) I mean, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously there are queer content creators who create Yaoi, BL, Yuri, which is the, the lesbian version but, like, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be, like, either the primary, like, they don't seem to be the primary content creators as far as, like, I can tell or mm-hmm. have ever been able to tell. And they're also not the ever the, the vocal primary fan base. You only see the straight people talking about this shit 90% of the time, from what I can tell. <laughs> also, I think that the reason why there's this perception that the only people writing it are straight women is because like when I tried to find a list of out gay manga artists, I like, I couldn't find anything like people just Mm. aren't out. Yeah. No, that tracks like how much personal privacy of like creators is valued in Japanese society. Yeah. Like, again, going back to the Death Note episode, one of the, t- the, the artist has worked under a suit, the, the writer or the artist, one of them, I always get them fucking confused. Mm-hmm. One of them has worked under a synonym the entire time, to this day, no one knows mm-hmm. who the fuck they are. <laughs> and it's been almost two decades, maybe three. So. Yeah, ma- mangaka are pretty private, and also, it's just, people yep. don't talk about sexuality in that way. And also another thing is that there is a difference between yaoi and boys love or shonen I, but those terms uh, mean kind of two different things in the US and Japan. Oh no. But we don't have time in this episode to get into it. So. Ooh, let's go. Um, I have eight pages of notes, so let's go. So let's do a brief overview say brief it's like the bulk of my notes um a brief overview of queer history in japan so previously uh and we're talking like pre-meiji restoration there wasn't really an understanding of homosexuality there was a tradition of nanshoku which translates to male colors or male sexual pleasure which was similar to the practice in ancient Greece, where older men would have younger male apprentices who are, they were supposed to mentor and guide. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So there are meant to be these exclusive partnerships, but like by exclusive, they meant you can't hook up with other dudes, but like you can still fool around with girls. That's fine. And it typically ended once the younger boy completed his training. Um, and it was intended to create strong bonds between men and was practiced amongst samurai, the monastery, and kabuki actors. Mm. Yeah. I like the uh, caveat that, like, if you hook up with another dude, it's cheating. But, like, girls basically aren't people, so it's fun. Wow. <laughs> um, so this 
practice of nanshoku existed for a really long time, uh, at least until the late 1800s during Japan's period of modernization known as the Meiji Restoration. And if you know your history, you don't know why that started. It's America's fault. Like but, most things. Um, if it's if it's yeah, not like Engli- if it's not the English's fault, it's America's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so around this time, Japan wanted to modernize, and being modern meant emulating the West. And the West had choice words about homosexuality, uh, mostly that gay men were sexual deviants and belonged in prison. Thanks, uh, thanks Christianity. <laughs> yeah, I love it. What's interesting is that Japan did introduce sodomy laws during the time, but they only lasted about seven years. Uh, so, like, they instituted the laws and they got repealed after seven years, huh. but the stigma against homosexual behavior, quote-unquote, uh, stuck around afterwards. Okay. Unfortunate. Also, no one cared about queer women because Japan is a very patriarchal society. <sighs> like, if you look up queer in Japan, it's like... The samurai, gay men. It's like, women, I guess. Like, it's just not really in there. The gays are lesbians. And then way (laughs) down at the bottom, like, playing limbo in the basement is non-binary people. Yeah. It's like bisexual in the bottom. And then if you, like, look in the basement, like, underneath the basement, you might find trans people. Oh, God. Um, yeah, you might find trans people in the very bottom holding everything together. But, um, thanklessly. Like we do. Um, <laughs> so, fast forward to now, basically. Um, the average layperson in Japan basically has very little concept of gay people or culture. Like, if you ask the average person off the street what LGBT means, like the acronym, they'll probably just give you a blank look. To be fair, LGBT is derived from English terms. So when you say that term, first you have to translate it from English. Yeah. And then try to explain that. And also, Japanese doesn't have the L sound, which can make that translation extra difficult. Mm, Fair, Um, yeah. You would have to translate it as an are because they just don't like that's the interchangeable sound because they didn't originally have the l sound um this is completely unrelated but that's why lululemon is called that because the founder is racist and he thinks it's funny that like japanese people can't pronounce are you fucking kidding me what holy shit yeah wow in case you need another reason to uh not like them Holy, holy fuck, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I, I will fact check that and I'll cut it out if it's not true, Ooh. but like... um. So yeah, on top of LGBT being an English creation, basically, uh, th- those terms in that acronym do exist, but they exist solely within gay culture. They're solely shifting as younger people adopt English terms, but mm-hmm. naturally Japan came up with its own names for, like, referring to gay people or trans people and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so I read a super interesting essay by a person named Iona Futachi. I hope I'm pronouncing their name right. And the essay is called Japanese LGBT Boom Discourse and Its Discontents. And they say, quote, the first mention of homosexuality in modern Japanese society relied on the term uduningu, 
brought in by Mori Ogai from Germany. Language is wild. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like Japanese uses a lot of loan words, yeah. um, a lot of them from German and a lot of them from English. Mm-hmm. And then they also had other foreign terms like pederastu, uh, lesubosu, saifus, safis, oh, safik, um, safisuto, oh. daiku, and buru boy. And those are used sporadically through the decades. Okay. Um, like some of these you can kind of figure, figure um, out. Get like, <laughs> yeah, like lesbosu, like lesbos, um, which like lesbian comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, daiku, some lesbians do call themselves dykes. I, I um, love that though. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Blue Boy is from a play, I think, called Blue Boy that like a lot of gay people around the time that play came out a lot of them gravitated towards but these are terms that are used exclusively within queer spaces especially in gay bars and cruising sites end quote okay um so it's kind of like if someone says like they're a twink like that's very much like gay culture like gay people are more likely to understand what twink and bear means like it's kind of bled out into mainstream and the, the straight people do not know how to use it correctly they're out here calling everyone a f- <laughs> they don't they they're don't calling everyone out here a fucking twink i think i saw someone call jack black like <laughs> like not twink specifically but like tw- a twink adjacent word and i was like excuse you me take that back <laughs> what the <laughs> no. fuck is wrong with you that man is oh di- is Dionysus reincarnated. You take that back. <laughs> Can't disrespect Jack Black like that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so all these terms were these post-war terms that eventually fell out of favor and they're seen as old-fashioned or even kind of offensive now. Um, kind of like how older trans people might refer to themselves as transsexuals mm. or bisexual rather than gender fluid or gender queer or like by gender and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of like if someone refers to themselves as like blue boy, they're probably older. Uh, if someone here refers to themselves as transsexual, they're probably an older yeah, person. Yeah, definitely dating them, dating themselves with the specific terminology. Cause that was what was available to them at the time. And it's not our place as younger queer mm-hmm. people to judge our elders because they, at least in the, in America specifically, if you are a queer, mm-hmm. if you're a queer person above the age of forty, you fucking survived AIDS, and it is not our place to question what label you're using to describe yourself. Mm-hmm. I wish I could take the young queers by their shoulders and be like, "Shut the fuck up!" Oh yeah, up. Here, here, let people use queer. Here, here, real quick, real quick. I don't think we have any baby queers listening, like baby gays, baby queers. But if we do, yes, queer is a slur. Queer is the easiest shorthand, and it's academia. Like, it is queer yeah. queer studies. It's a thing. You don't have to like it, yeah. but don't get on people for using it because it's been our word forever. Like, that's our word. Uh, also, literally, literally, I'm gonna- I'm, I am manifesting in your home, grasping you gently <laughs> by the shoulders, any baby queers. Learn your fucking history. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Learn how... There are books in the library. There's so many books. There's so many online art. Like, you could just... You could talk to 
elder queer elder queers but like we lost so many of our people and our history to to literally the aids ep- epidemic like please mm-hmm. learn from the ashes of what was left behind cuz currently oh boy it's a i don't i tumblr it's a it's a mess i see I see. Oh, Tumblr's such a fucking disaster. I see bad takes on the internet all the time from baby queers who have never gone outside to like <sighs> any sort of queer event ever with real people, and it's scary. <laughs> it's it's really scary. It's and like that's from this is I know this is like a sidebar, but like this is from someone like I've <laughs> never been to a gay pride parade, but like I hang out with other queers both younger and older than me in real life. <laughs> And bothered to learn our history. Like, please, I'm just gently, gently cupping your face. Please learn your, learn your history as a, as a gay person. It's incredibly important. And piss on, on Regan's grave if you get the chance, because it's a public restroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his bitch wife's too. Piss on both of their graves. I don't give a shit. It's on. Oh, she also dead? Oh, yeah. It's on my bucket list, Mm. dude. Both of them. (laughs) Two for one trip. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> uh, coming back to the notes. <laughs> yeah, going um, back to the non-Western. Oh, I also wanted to add that um, AIDS devastated the gay community, but there are also a lot of lesbian women and bi women who were, like, in the front lines trying to take care of their own. Yeah. And I think a lot of their stories get, like, pushed aside and I think people, like, when we say that we lost a whole generation to AIDS, we did, but the women were still there, too. Yeah, like, that's the primarily, um, like, LGBT elders that you're gonna find, is butches, mm-hmm. dykes, lesbians, bi women, like, women who were not out of the closet at the time, and women who were allies and just took care of all of these, like, terminally ill gay gay trans just queer men and their stories don't get told as much which is also a consequence of being a femme presenting person in society but you know hoo <laughs> this episode's <laughs> depressing <laughs> oh yeah like i knew when i was writing these that we'd have a lot to fucking say uh so yeah these older terms Lesbusu and Blue Boy are like this shift away from them also came from wanting to move away from medicalized terms mm. and other degradatory associations. Um, for example, Japanese lesbians typically refer to themselves as bean rather than lesbian or rezu because rezu is pretty much exclusively a porn term for men. Oh, um, no. yeah. Oh, like no. icky. There was a dog. Okay, I don't think my mic caught it. Um, but yeah, like over here we say that lesbians aren't more accepted; they're just a porn category. It is especially true in Japan. Uh-huh. Um, oh no! Yeah, it's depressing. Uh... But. So lesbians usually refer themselves as being, but it hasn't really worked its way into the mainstream. So if you call yourself, uh, like, lesbian, people are going to think of, like, the porn category first. No. Being is really cute, though. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. 
Oh no, that sucks. Fuck. Lesbians just can't catch a break anywhere. Jesus Christ. Yep, it's great. And gay men typically identify as gay, uh, although it originally comes from gay boy or male sex workers and cross-dressers in gay bars. Oh, yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I hope I don't mangle this. Dose Aisha is still used to refer to gay men, but it sounds very medical and blurs together queer men and women. It's kind of like saying homosexual. Um, So it feels very 50s if I said, like, I am a homosexual. Like, that's kind of the vibe it has. It's like saying the homos. Instead of... Like, not even that cute either. Like, it's very much like... It's a lot closer to, like... The metal... Not quite invert... (laughs) But the medical condition of being a homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Naturally, bi people are just, you know, was that? Fuck us, I guess. <laughs> it's not like we're not used to it. Yeah. Um, if a bi woman marries a man, she would either identify as heterosexual, I think, or say she grew out of it. Oh no. Yeah. No, I know so many married bi women who are in, like, straight yeah. passing relationships and who are still very yeah. much into other femme people. You don't have to pick one or the yeah. other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, um, I'm gonna bring up um, examples in media of, like, LGBTQ uh, manga and anime and stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the really good ones, I really like it, but there is a point where one of the main characters says that, uh, cause he dated a woman once and he says something like, I tried the buy thing or I'm not buy anymore. And like, yes, he is a gay man and he realized that, but like, could you not you, step all over the bisexuals? You don't have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yes. Exploration is a natural part of figuring out your identity. However, mm-hmm. you don't have to tear down other identities when you've found yours. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> so, bisexuality is included when a- activists explain what LGBT means, but bi people are pretty much largely excluded from the conversation. Ryose Aisha or Zensei Aisha for pansexuals exists, but it isn't as common as just bisexuaru or bi. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, pretty much everywhere in the world, trans people are just misunderstood. <sighs> so before the 90s, trans people and cross-dressers were lumped together and referred to by what we'd pretty much consider slurs today. Uh, um, so they're called, usually trans women are called okama, gay boy, one, or nu hafu. Lesbians used onabe to refer to butch lesbians originally, um, but then it evolved to mean trans men in the 90s. Okay. And then toranzu genda was introduced around 1994, but only referred to, quote, the narrow sense of full-time biologically male cross-dresser who did not wish to undergo sex reassignment surgery. So basically, like, a guy who cross-dresses in, like, women's clothing but doesn't want to surgically transition. 
So, like, we just call them a trans woman now. Like, you don't need to, like, have surgery to be a trans woman. Yeah, or they um, could just be a drag queen. Like, there are, there yeah. are much better terms. <laughs> there are much better terms for that. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I think it was supposed to differentiate between cross-dressers and what we'll just, we just call trans women now. Yeah. But also, like, it was supposed to make a difference between people who did have surgery and people who didn't. Um, This was back when it was a lot more medicalized. And it kind of still is, because cis people still think it's okay to ask if you're going to have the surgery. You know, the singular Um. (laughs) surgery that makes you trans. The singular trans. Yeah, they're they're going to put the trans bone in my ass. You know, I'm just waiting to save up for it. That's what they replace your tailbone with, the trans bone. Yeah. And it just instantly (laughs) transes you. That's how it works. That's that's so interesting, (laughs) though, considering that I know that, like... There's such a big community is the is not the exact word I'm looking for, but there's like there's a lot of cross dressing that's like weirdly more socially accepted. Like there are like cross dressing equivalent of maid cafes. Mm-hmm. Like I've been watching a lot of like anime youtubers shout out to connor sea dog va i've been watching like all of his fucking shit um but he routinely like as what i can tell like a straight like cishet white dude like goes and hangs out mm-hmm. at like japanese gay bars and like has voice acted a couple of like yaoi manga and stuff at this point and it's just like super into the the cultural of it, but, like, isn't gay. And, like, has gone Mm -hmm. to, like, uh, cross-dressing maid cafes in in either Akihabara or Tokyo and, like, talked to the dudes who work there who are, like, yeah, no, I'm Mm -hmm. a straight cishet dude. I just like feeling pretty (laughs) in girls' Mm -hmm. clothes. So it's, it's definitely a very interesting cultural phenomenon in comparison to how like drag and cross-dressing is seen in the west especially like america mm-hmm. back to the notes god again we have so many opinions <laughs> <laughs> this is this episode's gonna be a mess to edit and i'm so sorry I'm also kind of experimenting with cutting less of our tangents, because, like, who cares? Um, I mean, we have gotten calls to have, like, the cutting room floor episodes released. Yeah. So, like, might as well. At least one person has wanted our weird rambles. So So might as well keep, start to keep most of them in. Like, we already have dedicated listeners. They'll listen for an an (laughs) hour and 45 minutes, two hours. Who cares? Enjoy the content. It's free anyway. For now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Toranzu Jenda originally referred to basically trans people who didn't medically transition um, or didn't have sex reassignment surgery. Trans people who did transition referred to themselves as, sorry, trans people who did have sex reassignment surgery referred to themselves as Toransexuaru or transsexual. And then, unfortunately, trans people who stayed closeted were referred to as transvestites. Oh no. Um, oh god. Yeah. So, 
Toranzo-genda has become the preferred term within the Japanese trans community alongside FTM and MTF to refer to trans men and trans women, respectively. Yeah. Although I will, I will say the footnote for, like, again, going back to what we said earlier about what terms a person uses can, like, really date them. Like, trans, like, vestite and transsexual, like, were accepted and commonly used terms at one point. Like, if someone who is an older queer person still goes by that, it's not really our place to judge. Even if, mm-hmm. for us now, it's a gut reaction as, like, an icky and, like, bad term. Like, a not accepted mm-hmm. term anymore. Yeah. Kind of the same with FTM, which is female to male, and MTF, which is male to female. Like, I'm in a couple of trans groups on Facebook, and sometimes older users will use, like, FTM or MTF to refer to themselves. Yeah. Which have already been replaced by, like, AFAB and AMAB, which refers to assigned gender at birth. Um, so assigned female yeah. at birth or assigned Which male has its own problems. Yeah, but, there's you know. not really, like, here's the thing for queer labels. There really truly isn't one size fits all. Like, you just got to go with what you're mm-hmm. comfortable with and what speaks to your own personal experience as a queer person. Um, yeah. Uh, so Toran's agenda has become the preferred term with the caveat also that they haven't really extended that to include non-binary people, mm. of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's kind of like this little um, group underneath that's just all of the bi non-bi- bi- non-bi- non-binary ace people. Just non-binary. Like, just... <laughs> non-binary. Just all of us hanging out in the bottom. Non-binary. No. That's no. Yeah. A cab assigned cat girl at birth. No, the first time I heard A cab, I thought it was for some reason I thought assigned cop at birth. I know. Every time I see it, I'm like, half my brain goes assigned cop at birth, and then goes, "Oh right, all cops are bastards." But now I'm also like assigned cat girl at birth. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's all of the rest of us who are technically under the trans umbrella, just, like, sitting under a little, like, uh, my neighbor Totoro leaf being like, yo, we're here too. So also, some people have reclaimed slurs, um, like lesbians reclaiming dyke or queer people reclaiming queer. Uh, But in general... These older terms in Japan are used as slurs towards gay men, intersex people, and other queer groups. And additionally, if you're trans and don't do hormones or surgery, you're pretty much not seen as trans. Oh, hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? I love that. I love that for us. Also, more interesting and less depressing, uh, this, It's. I think it's kind of funny. But apparently the rainbow isn't exclusively queer in Japan. So you could have a summer event and a gay pride parade in the same city, but people wouldn't confuse the two, even if they both used rainbows in like the promo material and like the parade (laughs) floats or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Which I think is funny. I love the idea of like a very traditional, like elderly Japanese man with like a little rainbow flag. And it's like, 
Are you here for the summer festival or the or the gay pride parade? Surprise, he's here for both. Fuck you. Um, I love that. That's that's kind of amazing. Um, and there's obviously like a larger conversation here about which terms should be used, kept or discarded, transformed, etc. Especially as Western typically US terms bleed out into the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Like for different cultures, especially non-English speaking um, communities, like what terms should they keep from their history and culture and which ones should they adopt from like the larger queer community? Because English is a language that a lot of different people speak and is a common language for a lot of people. Yeah. Thanks, Britain. God. Um, but <laughs> once again, we can blame the English for ninety nine percent of our problems, which I love to do personally every day of my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like there is something that like definitely a lot of like why main widespread mainstream I think, especially like white queer people forget is that other cultures do have their own terms for different identities that are like Mm -hmm. literally ancient and integral to their belief system and like the white western way of doing it it has not ever been the end-all be-all or even the standard Mm -hmm. like that's all fucking recent modern bullshit (laughs) honestly yeah i think uh, a problem that's come up uh whenever people try to explain non-binary genders is that they'll bring in like different cultural terms but not understand the context for those like the hijra in japan or in india um which is kind of considered a third gender but not in like an inclusive way it's kind of like a way to exclude trans women yeah um and two-spirit isn't inherently trans and i think that trying to use that Western lens on different identities in that way without looking at how it's been used culturally and historically is a problem. Yeah. And like two spirits specifically, what um, a lot of white people don't realize is that like two spirits specifically, and I'm sure a lot of other terms because like a lot of indigenous cultures did have like, Attempted genocides by white religious people. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Christianity and Catholicism, like attempted to be wiped out because they thought it was savage or barbaric or whatever the fuck. But um, like two spirit specifically is like one of the cultural terms that is a closed term, and mm-hmm. when white people bring it up, I feel like they don't always understand that it that for a lot of different tribes, it also has a lot of indigenous religion and, like, spirituality weight and historical connotations to it, too. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. just calling someone non-binary. It's, like, there's a lot of other factors baked into Mm -hmm. the historical usage of the word. That is, that is much yeah. different from just calling yourself, like, non-binary or genderqueer or trans. Like, mm-hmm. if you were two-spirit, you were a very specific thing. And 
and you occupied a very specific place in society. Yeah, and, like, there are people who are two-spirit now and don't identify as trans, and there are some two-spirit people who do identify as trans, mm-hmm. so... Sorry to all the cishets listening to this who are completely lost. Yeah, once again, uh, only you can prevent... Only you can define your gender. (laughs) Um, Only you can define your own lived experiences and how they've shaped you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as I was saying about uh, trying to, I guess, strike a balance or kind of understand the... I guess, kind of pros and cons of using, like, English terms and native ones. One caveat I have here is that that's a conversation that's mostly happening in Japanese, which I can't read. uh, Mm -hmm. So I can't have a whole lot of input on that. Um, I think the queer world has a lot of similarities, but also differences based in culture and history. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of cultures that adopted homophobia and transphobia as a result of colonialization, but also, like, it doesn't really matter what my opinion is on, like, Japanese queer culture, because I live in the U.S. And we're not Japanese! Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we can only talk about what we're talking about now. We have no impact or bearing on the conversation. And also, a lot of our understandings of gender and sexuality are heavily informed by culture and history, and... This episode is an offensively US-centric view of queerness in Japanese media, and I don't have the expertise or time necessary to get into the nuances of being gay in Japan. Yeah. Like, this is already 50... Ep- 50 we're already at an hour, and we have not talked about yaoi. <laughs> yeah. So... Speaking of yaoi and yuri... Hua. Uh, <laughs> so, one thing that people bring up is... But if Japan's so homophobic, how come they have yaoi? So I don't know. Why did I have sex with your mom last night? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So from research and patterns I'm seeing, and by research, I mean a lot of late night searches and frantic reading. um, Yeah. (laughs) Which is how, like, all my research is done. The entire podcast, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems connected to pornography and the lolicon slash shotokan debate. Uh, um, yeah, I'm getting real in the weeds with this one. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. So, yeah, we started in fan-made comics or dojinshi, um, often shorted to, shortened to dojin, which was which are fan comics uh, primarily created by women. And therefore, because it's made by women or assumed to be made by women it has very little political pull or effect on the quote-unquote real world and so Mm -hmm. can be ignored um typically sexuality is not discussed in japan and by sexuality i mean like if you're not straight well like even if you are straight it pretty much extends as far as like you're a dude and you're married and have kids right all right yeah so it's definitely not discussed in a way that people in the west will openly talk about it like it's still kind of taboo but like I could easily turn on, like, Dr. Phil at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he's talking about, or, like, The View or something, and they're talking about, like, these are the best condoms to have with for your man or some shit, Dr. you know? Dr. Phil, my son is a gay furry who thinks he's a woman. <laughs> like, I, it's wild over here. But, like, the equivalent to, to 
doujin, doujinshi, I guess, would be, like, the old school fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Where it was, like, Kirk and Spock, and it, from Star Trek, and it was, like, a, <laughs> it was, like, a fan, fanzine that got printed mm-hmm. out and passed around in secret, and then mm-hmm. later evolved into, like, before fanfiction.net and, like, live journal and forums and stuff. If you wanted to read slash fanfiction, you somehow got onto a mailing list and it got passed around secretly through, like, email updates. Because it wasn't, like, mainstream cool to do and, like, looked down upon and now we have fucking AO3, so who gives a shit? But (laughs) the historical context of, like, of fanfiction and, like, Mm -hmm. slash, which is just is a fanfic term for, like, gay ships... Is sort of equivalent to how, like, it seems like a lot of doujins are still, like, viewed today, which is crazy, because, like, that was, like, the 70s and 80s and 90s, and this is, we are in 2021. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, people still make doujin, but it's definitely moved a lot online. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people just make fan comics and post them on, like, Webtoon or whatever, like, the, whatever website is primarily seen by other Japanese fans. Um, it's still kind of risky, too, because if you're using um, existing IPs, um, it's kind of like if you go to an anime con and buy fan art, it's kind of just like, <laughs> you're going to get a <laughs> you're going to get a cease and desist from fucking Anne Rice. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> That's not going to make sense to anyone who has not been in like ingrained in fan culture, like for at least 10 years. Yeah. Like if you have not seen the fandom el- the fandom olds talk about like how Anne Rice used to target like fanfic writers with fucking cease and desist letters like Jesus Christ Jeez. oh my like, god to the point where fanfic.net had like a disclaimer whenever you uploaded that was like this better not be any fucking interview with a vampire shit yeah and and that was that used to be a part of, like a big part of like uploading fanfic was like you started off with a disclaimer. I don't own any of this <laughs> ever. You know the disclaimer that will keep you from <laughs> from the wrath of Anne Yeah, <laughs> this this me, a thirteen year old child on the internet, being like, "This will stop me from getting sued." But sweetie, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm twelve. <laughs> but What's yeah, a lawyer. What's a lawyer? What's a cease and desist? Um, but yeah, no. Dojins do sort of, I feel, occupy a very similar space to fanfiction in, like, Japanese fandom culture, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm wrong in saying that. Um, yeah, so you, theoretically, theoretically, you can make the case that Yaoi normalizes homosexuality, but it's kind of like saying that lesbian porn is good for actual lesbians, because, like, you know... People know about lesbians through yeah, it's a bad shitty argument. We talked about it, but the it's bad. It's bad. Don't do that. No, stop it. Stop. Ninety percent of this episode is just me yelling in pain. <laughs> um, you consuming Yaoi does not do anything for gay rights. I'm so sorry. It doesn't. In in fact, sometimes it it can negatively inf- it impact real gay people. Um, yeah, like the fact that lesbians in Japan can call us most, call, can't call themselves lesbians. Uh. <sighs> and also, since yaoi is fiction, and especially fiction for women, then it's not a threat to the real world. 
And yeah, yeah, like I said, like five seconds ago, like how much does fan fiction really directly change societal views of homosexuality? Um, like we didn't get gay marriage because of Drary. I don't. Um, <laughs> I I don't. I'm, I I thought you were gonna say <laughs> whatever the ship name is for what Dean. John Locke? No, for Dean and Castiel. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we get that de- we did get Destiel eventually, <laughs> only in Spanish. But you know it happened. And Aster Cass went to Super Hell, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't just bury him; they sent him to Super Hell. Super Hell for the extra oh, gays. Oh God, <laughs> we're making references that are not going to make sense to <laughs> like half of our listeners. Oh, it's my fine God. if you are also terminally online and have um, horrible scars from using Tumblr too much. You'll get it. It's if fine. you've been on Tumblr for more than a decade, you are. Uh, Eligible for financial compensation <laughs> and a life alert. I I think. Um, so now I have a section about characters slash manga and anime and stuff. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we should take a break. Oh yeah, are we taking a break and like yeah. still talking about stuff, or are, like we getting yeah. up and like okay? Yeah. So, for the characters slash works section, I wanted to focus on characters and anime and manga that focus explicitly on queer aspects. Explicitly, like, it's not intended to be, like, BL, basically, or boys love, or girls love. So, the criteria I tried to use was, one... Uh, homophobia, if it's referenced, isn't used as seasoning to make the story more interesting. Mm. Two, is not set in a universe where sexuality doesn't really exist because it's not relevant to the plot. Like, there's a trope in Yaoi where the characters don't usually refer to themselves as gay, and it kind of assumes that there's no real concept of gay or straight or bi in that world. No, because the, the only sexuality is if you're a seme or an uke. Duh. The two genders, top or bottom. (laughs) The two genders. Uh, duh. God. Also, I want to add, men also read Yaoi and Boys Love, and there is a distinction between Yaoi for girls and Yuri for boys and Gay Komi for gay men and Lesbian Yuri, but we don't have time to get into it in this one. There are shades, but we're talking about the basic shit. Yeah. And this is all like mostly kind of mainstream stuff so so for anime oh, i have too many things on this list okay let's start with number six uh have you heard of number six? Oh, is that the actual just title i thought you were good yeah. reading me a list of numbers <laughs> uh no clearly i have not because i thought you were just naming me reading me in like top <laughs> six anime gays Here's starting off with number six. No, I have not heard. You're of watching. It. Watch Mojo. <laughs> uh. God, uh, I hate them so much. I uh, the voices. I don't know what it is about whoever is doing the voiceovers. I'm so sorry, but like the cadence of that that they speak with just gets on my misphonia like a motherfucker. 
It's like, I hope you're getting paid enough to do this shit. I hope so. I mean, I assume so, but, you know. So, tell me about number six. What the fuck is this? Um, I'm surprised you haven't heard about it, because it was, like, all my section of Tumblr would talk about for, like, the entirety of 2011 when it came out. I mean, in 2011, I was still pretty deep. That was when Danger Days came out. Yeah, I was deep in bandom. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I immediately moved in. There was Bandom, Super Hulock, and then oh, at Jesus. some point I moved into the Onceler fandom for a bit. So <laughs> I, I didn't get a whole lot of anime on the timeline. <laughs> oh boy, oof! That's a sentence that makes no sense unless you've been on Tumblr for like fifteen <laughs> years. Or you've watched a lot of like YouTubers trying to explain Tumblr culture to you. Uh, but ca- but continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. So number six. <laughs> yes, tell um, me about number six. So the anime came out in 2011. Uh, it was based on a novel series by Atsuko Asuno, which was published from 2003 to 2011, uh, and also adapted into a manga drawn by Hinoki Kino from 2011 to 2013. Mm-hmm. So there was like a lot of content coming out for this at around the same time. Uh, so a summary of number six, at least for what the anime covers, the story is set in the dystopian city called number six, and the story follows Xion, a boy raised in the elite and privileged city, meets a boy named Nezumi on a stormy night on Xion's 12th birthday. Um, so Xion hides Nezumi in his room and ends up learning about the reality of life outside his home because... He's always lived in this perfect city and has no idea of what's happening outside of the walls. Mm-hmm. Four years later, Nozomi saves Sean from a near-death experience, and Sean is finally forced to leave the walls of his home city. Um, and it's this like dystopic, futuristic kind of sci-fi show. Mm. And you know it's gay, and not just Yaoi, because they kiss once for like half a second, and I think I missed it the first time. And then oh, the story no. ends right when the romance is explicit. Like, they kiss one more time, and it's, like, the last 30 seconds of the last episode. Boo. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. Sounds like an so, like interesting story, though. Yeah, so, like, despite what Tumblr will tell you, the focus of the show is on this dystopian setting and, like, genocide <laughs> than it is about gay romance. Okay. Um, I mean, listen, I don't rely on Tumblr for information <laughs> in the first place, so... Ah, good practice, because uh, when yeah. I first heard about the show, Tumblr made it sound like it was this romance story with a sci-fi backdrop, oh, but I no. guess, like, when you're so hungry for scraps, like, we focus you'll... on any gay crumbs you can get, so... Yeah, you'll eat anything at that point. Yeah. Like, thank you, Disney, for the 50th gay character. We love the dumpster juice. Just the fucking milk toast. Oh yeah, Loki's bisexual and genderqueer, and then... (sighs) He looks so tired. Like, Tom Hiddleston, bless his heart, he didn't attempt, his heart's in the right place, but (laughs) what a fucking boring white bread interpretation. Like, I'm very annoyed at the fact that Disney knows that it has, it has gay fans, but also knows that it has homophobic ones, so but it'll skirt the line. we have to make money in China! And uh, Russia! It's not, not a good excuse, fuck you. Yes, I know! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but like it's just it's so frustrating that they're like the correct place to be between gay rights and homophobia is right in the middle which like okay yeah that's where you're gonna make your money i guess but uh fuck you yeah so the the focus is on this the story and not like the budding romance yeah um nezumi also moonlights as an actor uh he's most famously known as eve so everyone knows he's a boy but people love him anyway like he plays female characters um and yeah he is like skinny with long hair so he can cross-dress very easily so like twink yes yeah mm -hmm. Uh, but he's very popular as an actor in this like community outside of the walls And his relationship with Xion, who's this, like, soft, clueless little boy who, like, sees the best in everything and is, like, just would, like, walk into a hole in the ground because he's just not, like, he has no concept of that kind of danger. Um, Like, give all his money to someone trying to fleece him, like. um, Baby boy. So their relationship, like, Xion learns to fend for himself, but Nezumi also learns that there are people, even from the city that he hates, who still, who aren't, like, completely evil. Yeah. But yeah, um, number six, I feel like, when it was airing, or right after it aired, was, like, one of those shows that I kept seeing gifts of, because people would, like, nosh up about the show. Mm-hmm. And it is very good. But it's not like, like people took two seconds. People took like maybe twenty frames out of context and made it seem like this, Aww. like incredible gay romance that it really isn't. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So next on my list is Banana Fish from twenty eighteen. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I've mentioned it before. Um, yeah. I think I mentioned it in my. These shows suck. Watch this instead episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Banana Fish is based on a manga by Akimi Yoshida, which ran from 1985 to 1994. So, it ran in late 80s, early 90s, didn't get an anime until 2018. Uh, kind of like Parasite ran during the 90s and didn't get an anime until 2018. Mm-hmm. So... At the time, it was a manga that managed to cross over into both shonen and shoujo audiences. Uh, so it was published in a shoujo magazine, magazine I believe. Um, mm. But it's not its not a boys love manga, but it was definitely influenced by it, and also went on to influence future BL manga. So Banana Fish is about Ash Lynx, a teenage gang leader in New York City, and Eiji Okumura, who is a Japanese photographer's assistant. And basically what happens is like, A.G. this like, sweet, innocent, soft boy, like, somehow manages to get wrapped up in like, New York gang violence. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so Ash is younger, he's 17, but he's been through a lot. Um, he's a gang leader at 17. Um, mm-hmm. He's been through gun violence, sexual abuse. He's dealt drugs. He's done survival sex work. He's been trafficked. Um, Jesus. Yeah, a lot. AG is older. He's 19, but he's super innocent. Um, mm-hmm. So through Ash, 
Eiji grows up and becomes less sheltered. And through Eiji, Ash learns that there are still good, selfless people out there and people who love him unconditionally. Aww. Yeah, it's really cute. In between the horrible gun violence and child abuse. Um, Great. <laughs> yeah. This is also a show where, like, Tumblr took gifts out of context and made it seem a lot less dire than it actually is. Because oh, um, <laughs> it's very, like, if you're going to watch this show, like, huge content warnings for, like, child abuse. And, like, it's not, like, explicit, ex- explicit, but, like, when it's happening, you know it's happening. Um, yeah. Like, it's enough to be, it's not vague enough that it will probably be triggering if that's a concern yeah what's interesting about banana fish is that i think i mentioned this before but it's one of the few japanese shows that mentions race in a way that seems to understand what it's talking about um and it's it seems like it was written by someone who has been in america for like longer than five seconds um like for example multiple characters have mentioned the fact that ash has been through a lot but also gets special treatment because he's young and white Mm. Um, and when there are black characters, they're referred to as black. Um, okay. Yeah. That's better than the usual. <laughs> and again, Banana Fish isn't explicitly gay, but leans very heavy on the homoerotic subtext. So, like, they don't even kiss, but it's pretty heavily implied that they're in love with each other. Like, AG doesn't really have much romantic or sexual experience but ash seems very comfortable sexually around men mm-hmm. but also he was trafficked by rich men as a child so there's like a whole lot of trauma there and i don't think they ever like explicitly define his sexuality and i feel like it's kind of tricky when the character himself doesn't define it and also the only examples we have of him having any being in any sexual or romantic situations it's like are not positive yeah they're not consensual it's bad yike (laughs) yeah so yeah that's also kind of like it influenced and was influenced by BL manga and it's not explicitly focused on like romance in the typical way that BL is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's also one of those shows that's like very bury your gaze. It's, it's oh. not happy. <laughs> it's not a happy show. <sighs> yeah. Um, I mean, I love a good tragedy. The issue is is when all of the gay stories are tragic in some capacity. Yeah. yeah. Like, we deserve happy stories, too. <laughs> hmm Yeah. This is also tangent, but it's, like, it's fun when there's stuff like Love, Simon, or Happiest Season, where it's, like, gay, but not, like, someone has to tr- die tragically of AIDS at the end. Jesus. Um, yeah. I just, I wish they were better, but also I feel like, like, why can't we also have mediocre media, like, the streets, I guess? Yeah, I want to have the most mediocre fucking TV show, please. Thank you. One day. We'll get there. <laughs> Next on my list, these are all like, there is no order to these. I just 
put them down as I thought of them. Um, yeah. Yuri on Ice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably <laughs> the one that, like, people who are not super into, like, gay anime will probably know. Yeah. Um, so this is an anime original that came out in 2017, and Tumblr subsequently blew up. So Yuri on Ice is about a Japanese figure skater, Yuri Katsuki, who almost quits skating after a crushing defeat in a very important competition. Um, so he comes home and is like, I just am never skating again. But he is out practicing, and his childhood friend records him doing this very famous routine from a very prominent skater from Russia named Viktor Nikiforov. Um, mm. And Victor sees the video and decides he's just gonna hop on a plane and go coach Yudi. Um, so then the show follows Yudi as he tries to overcome his his anxiety and learn to trust his abilities, and also mm-hmm. follows other skaters. Um, who, there's like this big competition at the end, so you get to see other skaters like also dealing with that same pressure and a lot of the intense atmosphere in figure skating and pro figure skating. Mm-hmm. So Yuri on Ice has been both praised and criticized for its depiction of a gay relationship. So like on one hand, they get like matching rings together and it's not in a gal pal way. Um, they basically like propose to each other. Uh, it's very cute. Aww. But yeah. But then when they kiss, it's censored. So... Huh. Like, Victor's arm is in the way when they kiss. So, like, you can tell that they're, like, smooshing faces together, but, like, you don't actually see their mouths. One step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And, you like, I, I bet they had to, like, fight tooth and nail just for that. Like, every yeah. time you hear about shows that manage to get any sort of queer rep in there it's like we had to like fist fight cartoon network or fist fight disney just to get this in here i mean listen gravity falls watched so owl house could run (laughs) yeah like i have my beef with like how people treat this so like people will kiss alex hirsch's feet for having the two gay cops and then we'll, like, shit all over Steven Universe because it wasn't 100% perfect. Like, I fully understand the criticisms about Steven Universe, but it's very suspicious yeah. to me when everyone is, like, all over Alex, who is a cishet man, but then will, like, crucify Rebecca Sugar for, like... <sighs> yeah, Tumblr is super weird about both its treatment of Steven Universe and, like, specific aspects of Gravity Falls because I've seen both like people being like wow the the gay cops Mm -hmm. but then most of what I see is people being like hey why are the only visibly gay characters like pigs um (laughs) because when I usually and I don't know if if it's because I was like highly into the Gravity Falls fandom when it was like actively coming out but Mm -hmm. like most of the I hate to use the term discourse because it was, like, actual conversations at the time. But, like, most of it centered around, like, the gay aspects, like, the little crumbs that we got in Gravity Falls wasn't so mm-hmm. much the reveal of the the two cop char- the two sheriff characters, but it was mm-hmm. about, like, a couple of cut instances of just 
background gay characters. Like, no speaking lines, no nothing. They were just, like, background one-off characters that mm-hmm. wouldn't even have made, like, a big deal or an impact. But Disney was like, get that shit out of here right now. And didn't no. let it go past the storyboards. That's what I mostly saw in the conversations surrounding it. Mm-hmm. But it is still just highly suspicious that, like, Sugar gets a lot of flack for mm-hmm. Steven Universe compared to to Alex Hirsch. Luckily, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be happening to to Dana Terrace with Owl House. Everyone just seems to be unanimously pretty much praising it, which it, oh, it's Oh, you're pretty... in the good press of Tumblr. Everyone it's... shat on, um... What's her name? Noelle Stevenson for Shira. Because we just we just love to fight each other in the queer we community. Can't, we can't have this is fucking why we can't have nice things. Mm-hmm. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of Shira discourse, but I also didn't see a, like a lot of the people I followed didn't seem to get super into Shira beyond like one or two pieces of fan art. So I never really saw discourse. Yeah, and. Like, really all I see of Owl House on Tumblr from, like, the few people I follow is, like, all positive. Which is is fair enough, because it's doing a pretty bang-up job, considering. Yeah, but, uh, with Yuri on Ice, um, someday we're supposed to get a movie. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's called Ice Adolescence, I think. That's uh, a really, those... that's a terrible name. Sorry. I mean, a- we got shows on this list called Banana Fish, so, like, I don't even question it at this point. That's interesting. That's compelling. <laughs> I don't know what it is about fucking ice adolescence. I don't... Okay. <laughs> I'm anyway. not questioning it. At this point, we got, like, a 10-second teaser trailer, like, six months ago. Really? Everyone lost okay. it. Is, uh, it cause... is it animated or live action? It's animated. Okay. Um, but it's been, oh, cool. like, it was supposed to come out in 2019 and got pushed back. I think it's supposed to come out either late this year or early next year in 2022. Okay. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where they have to, like, like, they had to fight for the kiss. They have to fight for this movie, even though it's, mm. like, ridiculously popular. They're gonna make their money back on it. Um, I yeah. think they still have to fight a lot to just have this happen. There's all of the cultural nonsense yeah. that prevents it from being made well i wish the yuri on ice fans a very happy good good movie <laughs> yeah i mean i loved watching Yuri on ice i think i binged it all in one night um, of course you did your you <laughs> <laughs> I'm to be fair surprised. it was only like 12 episodes so okay. it's not as bad wow, at the time that's... i watched a 25 episode show in one night i mean 12 episodes that's minuscule in comparison yeah what else is next on the list? Next I have um, a show called Antique Bakery that no one's ever heard of. Um, oh. It's from 2008. It's based on a manga by Fumi Yoshinaga. Uh, and it's just a slice of life show. It's only like 12, 13 episodes. Uh, and it's about a bunch of guys who work in a bakery. And it doesn't really have an overarching plot. Uh, it just focuses on the daily lives of these characters and their interactions. And it's gay. That sounds really cute, though. It's nice. It's like, it's also about older characters that they're all, like, maybe late 20s at the youngest, like, into 30s and stuff. So it's kind of past that kind of drama phase. Yeah. So it's like... I love that. That's great. So it's, it's very much like, it's very 
like obviously there's like a little drama and interpersonal conflict and stuff but it's kind of like focused on these character interactions and kind of fleshing out these characters and doing a sort of realistic depiction of what like adult lives are like Mm -hmm. i think it's slept on but i've also read other work by yoshinaga um, I haven't read Antique Bakery. I've only watched the anime. Um, it also got a live-action drama um, oh. that is also still gay. Um, Hell yeah! You know, I can't remember if there's any, like, like you and a kiss in it, but I do know that they kept in the fact that if a character was gay, they were still gay in the live-action drama. But I have read other pieces of Yoshinaga's work, like... Uh, all my darling daughters. I bought like an anime con a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. What did you eat yesterday? Which is all my darling daughters isn't queer, but what did you eat yesterday is. But she's very very good at writing interpersonal relationships and the inner lives of characters. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, there's conflict, but it feels a lot more grounded. Um, it kind of feels like watching. Mushishi, which is a very quiet show. To be fair, I've only watched three episodes. I know it's a good show, but it will put me to sleep. Like, if I can't sleep, I'll put it on and I'll knock the fuck out. Good night. Bedtime. (laughs) It's just so peaceful. It's such a comforting show, so I can't watch it because I keep falling asleep. (laughs) I love that you put on, like, a show that is so comforting that it makes you fall asleep to fall asleep. <laughs> I'm over here listening to like three hour compilations of, of spooky stories, <laughs> like scary stories and true crime. <laughs> uh, it's so peaceful. Someone getting brutally murdered. I love this story. Yeah. It puts me to sleep. I don't know. It's, it's usually people who have like, it's a uh, God. I think it's like Mr. Mr. Nightmare or lazy masquerade on YouTube. They just have like, they have good reading voices, like, their cadence is good, their pronunciation is good, it doesn't fuck with my misphonia, so I'm like, mm. I'll fall asleep to this, this is fine, I'm not, I'm not paying attention. I've done it the last several, like, at least once or twice over mm. the last several weeks, and, like, it's been pretty great, and it, like, hasn't, <laughs> it, for whatever reason, it hasn't, like, no effect on my dreams, no weird murder-violence dreams, it's just... I wake up and it'll be halfway through, like, and then (laughs) they broke through the window or, like, the call was coming from inside the house. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What? It's very jarring to wake up to, though, I will admit. (laughs) Who's getting stabbed? Yeah, honestly. Let's see. Okay. Next I have Oran High School Host Club. Yeah! From 2006. Which was, be- I guessed on the year on this before I looked it up too. And I was like, 2006? And I was right. Um, oh my god. Yeah, it's been a while. Fucking Orin High School Host Club. Keep keep thotting it up in heaven, <laughs> King. Uh, so it's based on a manga by Bisco Hattori, uh, which started in 2002. I don't know if I need to explain the plot to you people, but um, in case you don't know, Orin High School Host Club is about a girl named Haruhi Fujioka who's accepted into the prestigious Oran High School on a scholarship. And everyone who attends the school is exceptionally smart and also filthy, stinking, disgustingly rich. They are the one person. They are the children of the one person. Yeah. Like, 
ridiculously rich. Like heirs to like billion there's literally, there, empires. There's literally an episode where instead of a traditional like there's a fake out beach episode. Because like, <laughs> you know, Slice of Life anime will have a beach episode. It's a trope. There are two beach episodes in Orton High School Host Club, because one of them is a fake out mm-hmm. where they go to a water park owned by one of the kids' families. Yeah, like it's they like have the multi- whole water park for themselves. It's a multi-billion dollar, like, high-tech water park. They're it's so wild. Rich. It's... Uh, <laughs> I feel like I don't know if I'd be able to watch this show now. <laughs> like, nah, it's it's charming enough that it's the richness of, of the other characters was always part of the charm because they were... They were both ridiculous in a, in a endearing way and, like... Mm-hmm. Depending on the episode and, like, the side plots, like, much more down-to-earth than what you would expect. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not as jarring, uh, and it's definitely ton- tongue-in-cheek and, no. and unrealistic on purpose, but, like, I understand if, like, that's a turn-off for people. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna make us feel sorry for the rich people now? But, so, how do he meets the host club when she wanders into their club room and bumps into a very expensive vase. Um, so the price in the <laughs> oh show God, is yeah. like 8 million yen converted to us dollars today is about $72,000. And she's like Jesus. 14. <laughs> so to pay off her debt, she's enlisted as a host. Yeah. My favorite part of the, sh- the first episode is when Tamaki is like, cause Tomaki leads the host club, basically. He's like, I know, we'll turn you into a hot boy and make you a host. And I think it might be Kyoya who's like, that's a girl, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, because um, he's <laughs> the first one who... So so part of the, the storyline and the charm of Orn High School Host Club is that Haruhi is, if not non-binary, incredibly gender apathetic. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's in my um, notes, is that, like, one of my favorite things about her is that she doesn't really give a shit what gender she's perceived as. Yeah. Um, she is more annoyed by, like, Tamaki being a gaudy idiot than she is about someone assuming she's a boy. Yeah, like, you could definitely read her as as non-binary, but, like, I definitely prefer to read her as, like, gender apathetic, because that's what it feels like she is. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, part of the gag of, like, the first episode is each host club member, like, there's, like, a little, like, animation card of, like, a light bulb going on. Yeah. And, like, they all one by one realize that, like, she's a girl. Yeah, and Tamaki's the last one. The last one, because he's a fucking idiot, and we love him (laughs) for it. And that's the thing, is, like, they, at school, she wears the 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 male school uniform and presents as a dude and Mm -hmm. is a host in this male host club and that's part of it and the girls are super into her fuck it valid honestly (laughs) try to live my life like that to be fair (laughs) yeah i think there's like one or two girls it's just the one girl because there aren't like like none of the the other female students besides what's her face the the one main female student character like Mm. none of them ever i think really either figure out or care that Haruhi is actually a girl. Mm -hmm. I like that episode where um, a male student meets her and falls like hopelessly, like develops this huge crush on her and has like a gay panic. 
Like, yeah. Because he's like, I can't, I thought it was straight. I can't like a boy. But he's like, okay, I guess I'll go for it. And then she's like, oh, I'm a girl. He's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I have not, I have not rewatched, um, rewatched Our High School Host Club in a billion years. Um, from what I remember, I feel like 90% of it holds up. And then there's like a 10% that's like, oh yeah, this came out in the early 2000s. Yeah, like Haruhi's dad. Which, surprisingly progressive for the time, honestly. Yeah, there's, like, I think they refer to him as a transvestite in the show. Which... Yeah, I think, in the Eng- I think in the English dub it's transsexual. Because it, yeah. it was early 2000s, even mm-hmm. when it got dubbed, too. So it's definitely, like, transvestite, transsexual, and not transgender. Yeah. Um, But, like, he's treat... He still has... He still uses the he, him, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he also yeah. refers to himself as Haruhi's father, too. Yeah. He yeah, just he also dresses he as a woman full-time. Yeah, he calls himself, like, your, your old man, your, yeah. your dad. Like, your dad loves you. Like, he talks about himself in the third person. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's treated, like, unexpectedly with respect, considering mm. when this anime and manga came out. Yeah. I think it helps that, like, Haruhi is not phased by much, and yeah. she, I think they, like, take her lead, because all the other characters are kind of freak out, but, like, Haruhi's just like, my dad wears makeup, like, what, what do you want? Yeah, this was his, this is was his midlife crisis after my mom died, but he seems to be happy, and it's working for him, so, like, mm-hmm. I don't actually care. <laughs> um, no, I was, ref- I was mostly referring to the fact of, like, the... The part, the like ten percent that I'm very sure did not age well is like the uh, <laughs> the the twins incest baiting, which sure is a choice. <laughs> to be fair, it was weird even then. It I had was... friends who were into it, didn't get it, but I was just kind of like, I'll just uh, you know, we can all have our weird things. I'm not gonna think about that one too hard. Yeah, like so. For whatever, for whatever reason, the two twin characters in the host club that are main, or that are part of the main cast, like, their gimmick in the host club is to play off, like, play up the quote-unquote forbidden brotherly love. Like, outside of the host club, they're, they're, they're very close, but, like, they don't cross the, like, incest line, but they, like, part of their whole shtick and the shtick of the show is that they play up the gimmick of like forbidden brotherly love, which is, which I'm sure is, is the main part of the show that hasn't <laughs> aged well. Cause it sure was a choice back then too. <laughs> yeah. And like, they're actually related, which is what makes it weirder. Yeah. Like you get people shipping Thor and Loki and like, sure, whatever. They're not genetically related. Like whatever. I don't care. But like in this case, they're literally twins, so it was always kind of weird. Like, I mean, it definitely played up on the fact that like people are gonna ship for whatever reason two attractive dudes, mm-hmm. especially if there's some sort of like forbidden angle for whatever reason. Like, <sighs> like not to bring up Homestuck, but there. Like Homestuck came out slightly later, but there there were a couple of like 
during when Homestuck was coming out, there there were a couple of like ships that were are now considered incest in incest naughty naughty bad. Like don't <coughs> ship that. But like at the time it wasn't looked down upon as badly. Just because that was like the time period for whatever fucking reason in fiction, like it was okay sometimes. Whatever. Um, not that like we're condoning it in real life, clearly. But also, <laughs> side sidebar, to be fair, Homestuck had like a weird genetic time travel thing where like even if you shipped any of like the main characters anyway it was all technically incest because they were all genetically related for the most part so like whatever um it is much less grounded in the real world (laughs) than Orn high school host club uh but yeah safe to say that's not something that i feel like would fly if like Orin High School Host Club came out today. Oh god, there'd I feel be like so Tumblr- much obnoxious discourse about it. Tumblr would be filled with so much obnoxious discourse about <sighs> it. Like it would get ripped to shreds. Oh, god. It would be insufferable. <laughs> I hope they never remake it. it. I hope they never remake it. I hope they never touch it again. I hope it never gets a live action because I don't want to live through that. I will cry. <laughs> I don't. Th- I think it'll shave years off my life if I have to live through Tumblr or a high school host club discourse in this, the year of our Lord 2021. Oh, more years than Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> oh, that's sure going to date I this episode. Oh, I can't wait for, I can't wait for homophobic Mario to call me a slur. I like the amount of tweets I've been seeing that are like, you know what? Actually, this does feel racist against Italians. <laughs> solidarity with my italians tonight <laughs> no have you seen the <laughs> and the the weird part is is like some of the casting i agree with like yeah. charlie day is luigi sure he's got that manic crackhead energy i i enjoy <laughs> that i think that's gonna be fine jack black as bowser are you kidding yes, me perfect oh my god oh my god seth rogan is donkey kong okay sure i get it whatever <laughs> i'm not like fond of it but i get no. it um but fucking <laughs> Chris Pratt as Mario is fucking is a choice, I will say. When people are saying like, <laughs> I wonder if we can bully them the way we did with Sonic. <laughs> Fire him, please. <laughs> Hold on. There was one other there was one other role that I was like, that's okay, I guess. Yeah, I um, I just I saw I was like two glasses of wine in and Zach turned to me and showed me like the Twitter announcement and I saw Chris Pratt as Mario and I was like, what the fuck did I drink? Yeah. No, okay, the one the one the one other one that I was okay with was Keegan Michael Key as Toad. That's the only <laughs> other acceptable casting. Yeah. But have you have you have you seen the Tumblr post that's like I hope Chris Pratt's Italian impression is is so bad that the Italian mafia puts a hit out on him. <laughs> um, it's my favorite fucking post right now. Imagine um, if he does Mario so dirty that there's a hit taken out on him. From the Italian mob, I think that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, for reference, for those of you who may not oh, know no. why we're why we're dunking on Chris Pratt. What is it? He goes to a he goes to a, a church, like he's religious, whatever, but he goes to a church that's specifically 
has and does, like, has in the past and currently does fund, like, anti-LGBT stuff and, like, conversion therapy. And when, did he ever comment on it or was his silence just accepted that he's fucking homophobic? I think he said something that was still homophobic, so. Yeah, so, (laughs) unfortunately, the only version of Star-Lord I will accept is- uh, T'Challa? is t'challa um but but that is that is why we are dunking on chris pratt uh i feel like it's especially valid considering the content of this episode (laughs) um but god yeah orn high school host club is if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth a watch just keep in mind like it is dated. Like, it came out, like, the manga came out in 2002, the series came out in 2000, the anime came out in 2006. It's dated. It dates mm-hmm. itself. But it's good. It's a, ooh. It's a solid, solid piece of, of, um, surprisingly respectful queer representation, considering the time period. Mm-hmm. And then one last one I'll mention in the anime section is Revolutionary Girl Utena. I feel like I kind of have yeah. to bring it up. yeah. From 1999. Yeah. Even though I'm a very bad gay, so I haven't seen it. Oh, Sam. I brought that <laughs> up on the Magical Girl episode. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, it's like the sapphic anime that people watch, unfortunately watch expecting fun lesbian times, but it's a show that deals with, like, abuse and bullying and is not the fluffy good times that people no. come into it expecting. Yeah, like, content warning. It's, like, from what I know of it tangentially, like, it's rough it's not a happy show mm-hmm. um but it's on my list to watch eventually mm-hmm. same um, so on a list of honorable mentions and they're only honorable mentions because i ran out of time to do actual proper research on them mm-hmm. one is i will mention ed slash edward from cowboy bebop yeah that's my child yeah um, Love that little fucking gremlin. <laughs> so she's like this, uh, I think she's 13. And yeah. um, she kind of shows up on the Bebop, like hacks her way into their computers. Um, and and she sticks around. Yeah. She like doesn't <laughs> like, wear shoes. Adopted. She wears like a crop top and shorts and she just like hangs around. Like complete genius, but a... Uh, complete weirdo um just unhinged gremlin energy yeah it's great i I love i love i love her like i haven't finished cowboy bebop i've been meaning to forever because it's one of jack's favorite favorite theories and he has like the whole collection but i like i do love i do love her she's great yeah i need to rewatch cowboy bebop because i don't remember most of it i do want to see the live action one i will say yeah I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, visually, so far, cautiously optimistic. Because visually, just from the the released screenshots, it looks fucking baller. And the fact that Faye's new outfit pisses dudes off is great. So I'll watch it just for that. I'll support it just for that because they're like, oh no, my titties. (laughs) My big tittied anime girl. I can't see her tits. How will I sexualize her? Uh, and I think that's hilarious that they're crying about it. So I'll that's watch it anyway, funny. just for that. Yeah. I also like that when uh, people saw the 
uh, teaser images with John Cho, they're like, oh yeah, we'll be watching this for the uh, plot. <laughs> the plot. <laughs> me watch me going to me watching Shang Chi and like looking at uh, at Wen Wu and being like, yeah, I'm watching Shang Chi for the plot. <laughs> yeah, I watched Twilight for the plot uh, too. Um, so. <laughs> Um, my other honorable mention is From the New World. There's, like, it's also another show with, like, five seconds of, like, a gay kiss. But it's also mostly about, like, the sci-fi, like, dystopia that the story is set in. It's a lot of gay Mm. dystopia. Um, (laughs) at least on this list. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a fucked up show. It's, like, one of those shows that's, that... Uh, has very young main characters and it's them growing up. Okay. And like discovering the truth of where they live and it's like a fucked up history. Um, oh. Yeah. I have very vague memories of this because I kind of watched it all at once. And another one is Wandering Sun from 2011, which is about two trans characters mm. um, one trans girl, one trans boy. It kind of starts when they're both just starting puberty. So it's Mm -hmm. at least the very beginning, because I've only read maybe like the first volume where it's that transition from childhood where like little kids can be very androgynous um, into puberty where like the trans girl is realizing that like she can't kind of pass as a girl like she can't skate on try to explain it from like a very vague memory i have of reading it like 10 years ago um but like there's like a certain point until puberty where like she can't get away from the fact that she's going through puberty um Mm. and how dysphoric and distrustful that is and then these two characters, the trans boy and the trans girl, meet at a certain point um, and kind of, like, support each other through that. But apparently it has oh. a very controversial ending, so. Oh, no. Yeah. That could, do, uh, do you have specifics? Because the word controversial just Can mean very many different things. Um, yeah. I think it it's- mean the fans didn't like it to, like... The most heinous shit, like, <laughs> fucking... <sighs> yeah. Um, I didn't look up specifics, because I do eventually want to finish it. Um, okay. So, if you want to look it up, I'm sure all the spoilers are on Wikipedia, but as, as far yeah. as I know, it's just controversial. Okay. Um, and then my last one on the didn't get to research it is uh, a movie called Dokusei, or Classmates. Um, and it's about these two classmates, um, who they, like, start hanging out with each other and then realize they're developing crushes, but they both think it's unrequited, and it's cute. It's, like, oh. they're both being idiots about it, and, like, the, one of them It's about can, the pining! <laughs> <laughs> like, one of them can tell that the other has feelings, but, like, he won't admit it, because it's, like... I don't know, it's high school and shit's stressful and stuff. Oh my god. Um, yeah, Amazing. it's like a cute short movie. 
um, kind of coming of age and them like discovering themselves and stuff. That's um, cute. Yeah. I watched it when I was trying to find stuff because my sister is 12 and very into romance anime. And I was trying to find gay anime that wasn't like raunchy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating trying to find stuff that's on the same level as like, like Fruits Basket gets into kind of mature stuff. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's hard to find gay shit that isn't aimed towards like older teens and adults, mm, which is yeah. frustrating. Yeah. And for manga, oh god, this is so long. Um, should this be two separate episodes? It, that's up to you, homie. <laughs> I think it could be two parts, because, like, we clearly have a lot to fucking say. Yeah. And I just got into <laughs> manga, and that's another, like, two pages. And it's almost... It's 1 a.m. I'll tell you right now, we're at two hours and 12 minutes. So, yep. like, if you want to split it up into into two, and then... <laughs> um, well, this is mostly... We just got a I, lot of shit to say. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do, like, a whole other episode about, like, Yaoi fandom and stuff, because I was trying to find a guest for it, but... We'll see. Um, so, yeah, it's 1 a.m. and I'm tired. Uh, and we've been talking so, for like two hours. <laughs> so, this is going to be part two. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly a topic we got a lot of shit to say about. So, there's a lot oh? of fucking tangents. Oh, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> gay people have opinions on on media portraying gay people? Wow. Oh. Do you want to talk about anything that you've been watching recently, or do you just want to, like, end it on a, we'll see you next time? Yeah, we'll just do that, we'll do that next episode. I would like to go to bed. You get nothing for this episode, except (laughs) for the fact that Star Wars Visions is out, and I- Yes! Oh my god, no, no, we need to do, like, a whole actual episode on Star Wars Visions. It's so fucking good. I will do a whole, I will do a whole actual episode about it. So far, what I will say right now is I've been seeing a lot of my friends who are Star Wars fans being like, it it was okay, but I didn't like it because I don't like anime. And I have to be like, hey, real quick- Be quiet, this isn't for you then, just- I- I haven't commented on any of the posts I've seen about it, but, like, I'm really tempted to be like, hey, as white fans of a series that has been heavily inspired by Asian cultures, I want you to sit with the fact of why you don't like this specific property that has come out of one of the cultures that, like, George Lucas stole from to make Star Wars. Like, I want you to sit with that. I don't care if it makes you uncomfortable, but please think about why in this entry of all of Star Wars is the one you don't like. I would like you to think about that critically. Because I have opinions on, on my friends not liking it. Um, I want I still a five-page essay it. on my desk on Monday. Yeah, because I've, I've seen opinions from friends that mm-hmm. they're like, it was okay, but I don't like anime. And I'm it's like, a fucking like, artistic marvel. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, can you just sit with why you don't like it for a second? Can you think critically about why that may be mm-hmm. when this is the first fully non-Western produced entry into Star Wars canon? Like, can I will you say, maybe think about that? <laughs> I will say that it's very anime. Like, it doesn't shy away from it. Like, I feel like GD oh, is so very, anime. like, normie, <laughs> like, entry-level normie shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Becky with her Christian girl outfit will watch Ghibli. Um, but this is yeah, like... no, this is... Uh, from what I've seen, it's it's very... It plays into a lot of anime tropes. And, like, it, it doesn't shy away from yeah. being anime. Yeah. Not, uh, not so much Star tropes Wars. in, like, storytelling. Aside from, like, the Studio Trigger episode, which is just full-on, like, they went batshit with the fight scenes. But, like... Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, a lot of, like, <laughs> animation kind of tropes, like... They do some very interesting things. Like, you can tell... Like, it looks fucking incredible because they actually have a fucking budget. Like, Disney actually yeah. gave them money to do this, so it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, the character designs, the colors, the direction, the yeah. amount of fucking, like, character development they put in into 20 minutes or less is fucking incredible. Yeah. Also, uh-huh. my boy Boba Fett is there in one episode, so, you know. <laughs> I like that he's very I'll cute. I'll watch it just for that. <laughs> yeah, the, I I think out of all the styles, I like that one and the one with, like, the the, the furry bunny girl, just visually. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, it's like a chibi little Boba Fett, and I'm like, that's my son. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will I will for sure do a whole episode on, on Star Wars Visions, because mm-hmm. now I can legally talk about <laughs> Star Wars on the anime podcast. Legally. Because it's... It's an anime now, so I can talk about it and not feel bad for talking about my year year-long hyper focus thanks to the <laughs> pandemic. Um But yeah, do you wanna take us out with that outro? Yeah. And then we'll come back for part two of oh this. Boy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can email us at leaves in a trenchcoat at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TwoEbsPod. Our opening theme is My Way by Vitney, and the ending is What's the Angle by Shane Ivers. I'm Madison. And I'm Suzanne. And... There's like a Chris Prez Mario joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Mama Mia! I'm homophobic! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Can't believe we're getting our first homophobic Mario. Wow! <laughs> The the implication that, like, classic Mario is an ally. No, 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 no. Yes. Classic (laughs) Mario is a gay ally. There's your fucking funny quip for- This whole section (laughs) is the outro. Anyway, bye, we love you, we'll see you next time. Jesus fucking Christ.